Hello, this is Bobby, and welcome to On Resistance. This will be our last show on the station before we go on break. We'll be back in October with a new time and day. We've talked before on a previous show about militarization and LAPD's ongoing relationship with Israel. In March, several high-ranking LAPD officials visited Israel to learn more about their surveillance programs, highlighting not only America's ties with Israel, but specifically here in Los Angeles. This past Sunday, four Palestinian protesters were arrested at a pro-Israeli demo. Reuters reports that the flag was torn to the ground and stomped on by Israel supporters, prompting the Palestine supporters to exit their trucks to retrieve it. While kneeling to recover the flag, one Palestinian activist was stomped and kicked by a pro-Israel demonstrator. Yet it was the four Palestinian activists who were arrested and booked with suspicion with assault of a deadly weapon. This past Wednesday, I spoke with Noah Harazin, an independent journalist living in Gaza. Do you feel comfortable stating where exactly in Gaza you are? I'm in Gaza City, central Gaza City, like downtown. Right now at 11 p.m.? Yes, it's 11 p.m. and our electricity just cut because we get electricity only for like eight hours a day. So, yeah, it just cut. It cuts at 11 a lot of the information that we get over here in the U.S. is a lot of propaganda and bias towards Israel. Would you be able to sort of kind of explain uh, and describe what is going on right now? What does it look like? What's the tone? Would you experience today? Um, yeah, sure. No problem. I mean, um, for the past like 10 days since the operation started and because like I'm an independent journalist we go to um shifa hospital we go to the hospital we witness the arrival of the uh people killed and the people injured so but i what i can tell you that i have seen a lot you know i have seen uh children burned to death uh shrapnels inside their their bodies um i have seen dead people i have seen homes destroyed totally like for Four floors home, totally destroyed. Um, I, I can tell you that we've we've seen a lot. And add to this the fact that every night, like we experience lots of bombing and explosions, and all of these voices also it it, it bans us from sleeping at night. Hmm. How are you coping with all of this? Um. I, 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 was, I was raised in UAE, in Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. in uh, United Arab Emirates, and I came to Gaza late, like, 2004, mm-hmm. and I was not used to these kind of, uh, like, uh, you know, this life, you know, where there's, like, an occupation, attacks, escalations, bombing, and explosions. And the first thing I experienced was the uh, Kastad War, back between 2008-2009, and since then, I can tell you that the people of Gaza who have witnessed, like, the 2008 war and the 2012 war, um, it becomes something that is like a daily life to Gazans, you know? It's not something strange or different. It's just, like, similar war, but, like, different techniques, different weapons, um, more people killed. 
So I can tell you that the people of Gaza, like, are used to these kind of uh, this kind of life, this kind of, of of war and escalation and bombing and killing. But of course, it affects a lot. Uh, affects a lot, uh, us a lot, like psychologically and in our lives, and especially if like family lost a home or lost a member. I I read somewhere on your Facebook where you were saying that. For every four minutes, there was rockets being launched into Gaza. Yeah, true, because um, basically, like, um, us journalists and, like, in the media, we, like, count everything. Like, we count uh, the people killed, people injured, homes destroyed, how many Israeli airstrikes there have been in Gaza. And there have been, like, a total of 3,000 Israeli airstrikes and attacks on the Gaza Strip. And when we calculate this, like, in the past 10 days, we will find out that there is uh, an Israeli strike on the Gaza Strip for, like, every four minutes. Mm. Like, there has been Israeli strike on Gaza every four minutes. So was that continuing, the um, rocket strikes for every four minutes, even during the ceasefire? Like, was there ever a moment during that, you know, quote, cease where they actually like weren't launching? See, what is happening here, it's like a little bit complicated because when we talk about ceasefire, like when, when there was a ceasefire back in 2012, the Israeli forces um, killed the Palestinians just in the second day. So what happened here at these times in Gaza is that the resistance groups does not want any ceasefire unless we, the people of Gaza, are being granted our, like, rights, you know, our human rights, our simple human rights in Gaza, like lifting the siege up, having our freedom to leave the Gaza Strip, uh, letting the material uh, and food and building materials to enter Gaza. So all of the talk about the ceasefire, it's not, how could we say, it's not real. Mm. Because like yesterday, yesterday, yeah, yesterday when was like when they called for a ceasefire, just it was announced at 6 a.m. GMT. But what happened is that before 6 a.m. GMT, Israel targeted many places in Gaza, killing uh, Palestinians. Like 10 Palestinians were killed just an hour before that. So the resistance fighters uh, responded and fired rockets. So there, there has been no ceasefire. And then they responded back, of course, the, the Israeli forces. So we can't talk about a ceasefire in Gaza because there has been never a ceasefire in Gaza, not even in, back in 2012, not even back in 2009. Mm. Yeah, a lot of the um, reporting going on over here in America is that Israel was agreeing to the ceasefire, but it was Hamas, you know, that was the ones mm-hmm. that were rejecting it. That's a lot of the kind of propaganda that we're getting over here. The journalists I follow, like uh, Western media, like um, in, in America, in Europe, and different places in this world, and I, I can see the, the amount of propaganda and, and how some um, agencies manipulate the words to make us Palestinians look like we are the one who are attacking uh, Israel, but this is not right because we are. We believe that we have rights. You know, we believe that we have rights, and we believe that we deserve these rights. And simply, the Palestinian resistance fighter will not accept any ceasefire unless Palestinians are being granted their uh, their rights. So, if we thought about it, what's going to happen? A ceasefire, and then what? The siege is going to continue in Gaza. There's no food entering. There's no building material. Um, 
the, the people of Gaza are going to continue their uh, their uh, very bad life, like the life that we had for the past eight years. And that's what not the people of Gaza, and there is a sense fighter want. They want to grant us a really good human life. Mm. How are people, I mean, I know supplies were already, you know, limited in access to food and water, but how is how are you getting access to food and water with all of the strikes happening right now? I mean, right now in Gaza and during this operation, during this war, it's it's very hard to get, like, not only water, but food, bread, flour, um, like, all of milk, all of these simple things. It's very hard to get because all of the shops are closed most of the day, like, not most of the day, like 24 hours because people are afraid to go out in the streets and uh, they're going to be targeted. So it's very hard for the people of Gaza to get water to buy water as we don't have like water to to drink in our homes so we have to buy water from like shops and these shops are closed and there's like barely like few shops in every area that are open and what's going to happen when these shops run out of all of the water you know that's a very important question i mean we are now at the 10th day back in 2008 when it was 22 days war like i can tell you that literally me, myself, and my family, and I come from, you can say, like, a, a middle-class family, like, we we do manage ourselves. We did not have bread to eat. Mm. We did not have flour. We did not have anything to eat after, like, 22 days of, of, of closure, and nothing is entering the Gaza Strip, and everything is running out. So I don't know what's going to happen in the Gaza Strip if this continues for, like, the next few days. Yeah, I was watching your report about Rafa crossing and how and the restrictions on that. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah, basically, um, Rafa crossing is a very like sensitive issue to Gazans because back when um, when Hussein Mubarak was like the president of Egypt, it was very hard for us Palestinians to get in and out, especially after Hamas. Uh, started ruling in the Gaza Strip. And this is what's happening now, again, uh, like during, like, Abdul Fattah Sisi uh, taking, like, the government of uh, Egypt, the same things are happening to us Gazans. The borders are closed. They barely open the border every, like, two or three months just to let few people to go out. And during the war, and despite the fact that all, like, like many people and organizations and institutes ask Egyptians to open a border at least to let the people who got injured in the war to go out of Gaza to get treatment in, in Egypt. But they opened it for only like two days. And in the total of people injured who got out of Gaza are just 15 people, 15 injured out of like 1,500 injured people in Gaza just left Gaza to Egypt. And this is, I think it's unhumane, you know. We are stuck here. Um, Israel is blocking the Gaza Strip from the north. Egypt is blocking the Gaza Strip from the south. And we're here just simply dying. And, and we can't see anyone helping us. Not Egypt, not n- no one. Mm. What do you think is the intention of, of Egypt to stay, basically working with Israel by not keeping the borders open. And what do you think is actually the intention of, uh, of Israel? 
Well, we Gazans faced many problems during when the Muslim Brotherhoods were governing Egypt because everyone uh, kept on saying that Hamas is cooperating with them, Hamas went to Egypt and bombed here and there. Uh, these are just like some talk on the media that even Egyptian and Egyptian courts did not find any evidence that Hamas or people from Gaza that did this to Egyptians or uh, in, in Egypt. And this is something that is that is very sensitive, and I think that's why Egypt is doing that because they are taking advantage of what happened, uh, what happened during the the um, clashes in Egypt, the recent clashes in Egypt, to just close the Rafah border and say that we don't want anyone from Hamas to enter Egypt. But these people are not Hamas. Most of most of the civilians are, most of the injuries are just civilians. Women and children and just civilians. A lot of times, you know, here people will want to show some sort of support and solidarity. What do you think that people here uh, can do, you know, to show support other than uh, spreading awareness? Well, I think the social media is really helping in that because the social media gives the people the chance to connect with people from Gaza and people around the world to know really what's happening in Palestine and really what's happening in the Gaza Strip, you know, and share this information and letting their friends know. And they can also go out to the streets, email uh, politicians in their countries, ask them to stop the Israeli aggression on, on Gaza, protests out in the streets. All of these, like, actions, they can help. These actions can really help the people of Gaza because then the country or, or the politicians and all of these people will feel that there is something inhumane is being committed in the Gaza Strip and these people do know, know about it. They are not anymore just looking to these basic um, news agencies and basic news channels and believing what is being said on them. No, they really do know what is happening there and they do, do really understand what is happening there. So yes, I think that people should do like everything they can, everything possible to draw attention to what's happening in Palestine and what's happening in Gaza. A lot of the rhetoric is also that, you know, whenever you see it reported, it's the Israel-Palestine conflict. And I also saw you say that this is not a war, it's a massacre. Um, what would you say to those Americans that see this as a sort of equal fight? Okay. I do understand that according to like people in the West, uh, it's a 50-50 conflict. It's just like conflict between Israelis and Palestinians. That's not true. It's not a conflict. It's... Um, it's an aggression. It's um, it's not it's not even a war because we don't have an army. We don't have shelters. We don't have an army. We do not even have a like 100% state. You know, it's an aggression. It's a massacre being committed against the people of Gaza. I see the uh, Western media saying that the people in Israel have only 15 seconds to go to their shelters when there is, like, rocket fired from Gaza. Well, the people in Gaza has no shelters. And add to this the fact that the warning that the people of Gaza get, like, if I'm residing in a home and the Israeli forces wanted to attack my home, the way that they're going to warn me is by fi firing a warning rocket that's going to destroy my uh, the ceiling of the home. And then after less than one minute, 
like literally less than a second, less sorry than 16 seconds, 60 seconds, they're going to attack the home totally. Imagine how will you leave your home if you're living like in the second floor or the third floor, how you're going to just understand the shock of the first missile that hit the roof of your home and then wear something and take some money or some important papers and then run downstairs. Imagine that. Well, that's what's happening in Gaza. And in the past 10 days, there have been massacres committed. Today, I was in Shifa Hospital, in one of the hospitals in Central Gaza City, and I saw the bodies of four dead children. They, uh, they have been burned, and the shrapnels are, like, from their feet to their head. And they have, they have been killed, four children. And they are between the ages of 11 and 9. And what were they doing? They were just play, playing on the beach. And the, the thing that hurts is that sometimes I see these people saying, oh, Hamas takes children as human shields. They use children to uh, cover them and to fire missiles and all of this. But this is not true. This is only being told on the media. This is not true. Those four children were playing on the beach when the Navy attacked them, not once, but twice, to make sure that they are dead. And this is not the only massacre that has been committed in Gaza in the past 10 days. There has been so many massacres. From the 220 people killed in Gaza, there's 50 children. There's 50 children and more than 40 women. It's, um, it's difficult because I feel like every time we hear the death toll, it goes up and up. And, and I always fear of, um, of sort of like people especially here, you know, from such a distance, forgetting that these are 220 lives, you know, 220 human beings, um, 50 children who had lost their lives. And as a reporter, how do you feel about just keeping it from, you know, like how, how do you feel about... I understand. Yeah. Well, you know, it hurts because when we feel like we are just numbers, you know, we're mm. just numbers and when something happened to an Israeli it's a name you know it's it's everywhere like let's take the issue of the three boys kidnapped the three the three Israeli boys kidnapped in in West Bank I mean they have been kidnapped in a non-Palestinian control uh, place and there's not even one evidence, not even one single evidence that Palestinians did that. But despite all of this, it was all over the media with their names, with their photos, with every, all of their information, with photos of their families crying and this and that, that three Israeli kids were kidnapped. Okay, but if we looked at the Palestinians, there's 6,000 Palestinian prisoners being held in the Israeli jails. Who talked about them? The media totally ignored all of these Palestinians, not only about the prisoners and people being kidnapped, but even people being killed. I mean, we are 220 Palestinians have been killed in only 10 days. And people still think that it's a conflict. And people still think that Hamas takes children as human shields. And people still think that it's because of us, because we fire rockets. Well, that's not true. If we went back in history... Back when the three Israeli uh, boys were kidnapped, uh, Israel, um, sorry, <coughs> Israel said that they will attack the Gaza Strip if they found that Hamas is responsible for it. 
okay? And they attacked the Gaza Strip. They escalate, and then the Palestinian resistance continued firing, uh, firing rockets. But this is not being reported in the Western media. What is being reported in the Western media is that we Palestinians keep on firing rockets, which is not true. We're just defending ourselves. What does the world expect from us? To just go and pick up some roses and blow kisses on the hair to the, to the people who are killing us? No, we are defending ourselves. It's a human right to defend yourself. And this is what the resistance is doing now. And, and really, we are not numbers. We are people from families, and every family is going to raise that hate for Israel and for the Israeli forces, the hate of killing our son or my or, or, or dad or relative, and they're going to grow up with this hate. And this is not going to make peace. This is not going to make the matter go better. It's just going to make it worse. What do you think the reasoning is behind this sort of uh, pro-Israeli biasness? Like, what do you think the Western powers have to gain from Israel occupation? I don't know. Maybe because it's a powerful country, you know? Maybe because it's a powerful country and they have a, a voice, you know, to speak up and to defend themselves, even with propaganda. That's why people are standing with them. Maybe because people do believe all the lies and all of the propaganda is being shared on the Israeli media and keep on sharing it and keep, in, keep on taking it as a base, you know. Maybe because we are Palestinian people and we are, we are not that powerful uh, we are not that capable of defending ourselves and speak up. Maybe that's why the world is just taking advantage of the harmless people. Maybe that's why. I don't know. I mean, I hope someone would have an answer, you know, for that question to tell me and to tell all of these Gazans and all of these Palestinians. I, I really hope that there's a, an, an answer for this question. Mm. I'm a black American here. A lot of black Americans, I feel like, feel a lot of solidarity towards uh, Palestinian resistance because of, you know, how we are treated here in this country. I understand. I would just like to send solidarity and uh, really appreciate... Thank you so much. ...you you taking the time to talk. And um, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you feel like should be shared? I just want to thank you so much for caring and for your support and for your time to listen, you know, from a Palestinian, from Gazan, your time to, that, that you wanted to understand and to hear. I hope that more Americans, more people around this world will open up, you know, open up and stop uh, being blinded by what is being said on the media. Start to think, start to share, start to hear the other the other side. It's not a matter of being a Palestinian or Israeli or American or French or being a Muslim or, or a Jewish or a Christian or an atheist. No, it's a matter of being a human, you know, being a human who cares for, for another human and who would step up and speak up for uh, the justice and peace in this world. Since then, the occupied forces have invaded Gaza with ground troops. Nora also reported recently that Israel has begun using experimental weapons known as DIME, dense inert metal explosives, on Palestinian civilians. DIME bombs, created by U.S. Air Force in 2006, contain tungsten, a carcinogenic metal that has been used on the people of Gaza.
a Gaza-bound Egyptian convoy carrying humanitarian aid was halted by the country's security forces in Sinai on Saturday. For more up-to-date information from the ground, you can follow Noor Hadadzin on Facebook and Twitter. There will be a solidarity protest for Palestine today at 3 p.m. in front of the Los Angeles Israel Consulate. Well, that wraps up our show for today. Thank you for listening. All of our past shows, including this one, are available on our SoundCloud. That's soundcloud.com slash on-resistance. Although we will be on a short break with KPFK, you can check out our Tumblr and Facebook for new content until we get back. That's facebook.com slash onresistance and onresistanceradio.tumblr.com. I would like to thank Nora again for sharing her experiences and I'm wishing for their continued safety. Long live Palestine and solidarity with all those who resist. Allow me to speak my Arab tongue before they occupy my language as well. <laughs> Allow me to speak my mother tongue before they colonize her memory as well. I am an Arab woman of color and we come in all shades of anger. All, all my grandfather ever wanted to do was wake up at dawn and watch my grandmother kneel and pray in a village hidden between Yaffa and Haifa. My mother was born under an olive tree on a soil they say is no longer mine, but I will cross their barriers, their checkpoints, their damn apartheid walls and return to my homeland. I am an Arab woman of color and we come in all shades of anger. And did you hear my sister screaming yesterday as she gave birth at a checkpoint with Israeli soldiers looking between her legs for their next demographic threat? called her baby girl Janine. And did you hear Amne Muna screaming behind their prison bars as they tear-gassed her cell? We are returning to Palestine. I am an Arab woman of color and we come in all shades of anger. But you tell me this womb inside of me will only bring you your next terrorist. Beard-wearing, gun-waving, towel-head, sand. You tell me I send my children out to die, but those are your copters, your F-16s in our skies. And let's talk about this terrorism business for a second. Wasn't it the CIA that killed Elende and Lumumba? And who trained Osama in the first place? My grandparents didn't run around like clowns with white capes and white hoods on their heads lynching black people. <laughs> I am an Arab woman of color and we come in all shades of anger. So who's that brown woman screaming in a demonstration? Sorry. Should I not scream? I forgot to be your every orientalist dream. Genie in a bottle, belly dancer, harem girl, soft-spoken Arab woman. Yes, master, no master. Thank you for the peanut butter sandwiches raining down on us from your F-16s, master. Yes, my liberators are here to kill my children and call them collateral damage. 
I am an Arab woman of color and we come in all shades of anger. So let me just tell you, this woman side of me will only bring you your next rebel. She'll have a rock in one hand and a Palestinian flag in the other. I am an Arab woman of color. Beware, beware my anger.